Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This podcast is brought to you by Safe Ireland and Airbnb, working in partnership to support domestic violence survivors across Ireland. Welcome back to the Women's Podcast. I'm Roisin Ingle. Well, how did you get on over the Christmas? I hope it was a great relaxing break and nobody burnt the turkey and the dog didn't eat all the roses from the tin and you got some nice presents from people you love. And I hope you all managed to get out as well and out and kind of have a good walk around and just really relax. That's that's what my hope is for you. And on the podcast today, We're still in Christmas mode. We're having a little belated Christmas party. And what we're going to do is we're going to look back over the year for Ireland, for the world and for the women's podcast with my co-host, Cathy Sheridan, and my co-producers, Jennifer Ryan and Suzanne Brennan. So what happened was we all sat around my kitchen table and it was all above board in terms of restrictions. And we had a little look back at 2021 and also a look ahead to 2022 and what will be going on there and the things we're looking forward to. There was some champagne, there was chocolate and there was some homemade pecan cookies that my daughters had made. And it was really lovely to see my women's podcast colleagues again and actually interact with them in real life. And hopefully there'll be a lot more of that in 2022. But for now, we really hope you enjoy this women's podcast Christmas party. Well, welcome fellow podcast women, we decided we were going to have a little bit of a Christmas party, a post-Christmas party to discuss the year that's just gone, the very interesting year as the last one before that was, and to discuss the year ahead and also just to talk about some highlights in terms of the women's podcast, but also highlights of our own lives and the lowlights as well. Anyway, you're all in my house. I'm very glad you're here. Hello, Suzanne Brennan. Hello. And Jenny Ryan. <laughs> Hi. Jennifer Ryan, to use your professional name. <laughs> and Cathy Sheridan, co-host extraordinaire. I can't tell you how delighted I am to be <laughs> meeting people in the flesh. I'm still not over the thrill of that. I know, it's very exciting. I better set the scene. We have a little bit of champagne we here. Do. Clink, yeah. clink, 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 clink. Happy clink, nearly yes, new clink, year. Clink. And we have some <laughs> bit of smoked salmon and some lovely sourdough bread. I must put a plug out, actually. My friend has just started a business called Bread Man Walking. And he's in Rialto, if anyone's near there. And he's the most beautiful sourdough bread. So it's there with some smoked salmon. It's a bit of compote cheese, you know, only the best for you guys. And we've got some cookies from your two girls. Yeah, yeah. Joy and Priya have been banished. Johnny's <laughs> in the bedroom. The girls are in the bedroom. Tea made by Johnny. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so we're here and we're going to talk about the year. And we're going to start by actually looking back over the mm. podcast year. And I want to just ask you all for your favourite episode that we worked on this year and to tell us why it is. So I'm going to come to you first, Jennifer. Well, I picked two, but I'm going to go with the bigger one first. Better in my mind. Well, no, I don't think it will be because it was Sinead O'Connor. And 
Ali O'Rourke. It was just one after the other, a procession of amazing women. And I also felt as a podcast, it worked extremely well, which is one of the other reason I chose it. I felt it was one of those times when I felt Zoom actually did what you dreamed it might do. It felt it felt very engaging and was seamless. Yeah. And nobody's tech went down. <laughs> Surprisingly, yeah. Surprisingly. <laughs> Mine always does, I'm afraid. I don't want to yeah, she's, nice. she's mostly talking about herself. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm afraid I am. I'll be yes. talking about when that come to my lowlights of the year later Oh, thank on. you very much indeed, because you did take over that other occasion, which we will not mention ever again. Um, I want to mention another one, Rosine, where yeah. I taught you Sean, and oh. it sounds like nepotism, but it really isn't. It was one you did a few weeks ago. And it, you interviewed a, a number of people who were involved in the production of the um, Irish Youth Foundation uh, threads. And one of the women you talked to was a young traveller girl called Ellen, who was 18 years old. Mm. And it was strikingly wonderful. Oh. Um, it really was. You, you both got the best out of one another, I felt. Um, but also she was she she was she was so fresh and so interesting very much a member of the traveller community, but standing up against old traditions that she felt might be damaging and was extremely generous towards her mentors and people who she reckoned had nudged her out of the way. She said, I'd be on the dole now if it wasn't yeah. for the Irish Youth Foundation. It was wonderful. And I want to congratulate you both on that one. Okay. And I think... Ellen is a star of the future. Absolutely. Well, it's funny because we'll come to talk about what we want to do more of yeah. on the podcast in the future. And that's something I She's was going to touch on. She's absolutely on my list but as I, well. Cathy's talking about nepotism because her lovely daughter, May Kay, was the presenter of this brilliant um, documentary series for the Irish Youth Foundation called A Stitch in Time, which some of you will have heard recently on that podcast that you're describing. And I think uh, Mary I wasn't even going to mention her name. But she did, no, but she did a, a fantastic job. And I have to say, it must be so great for you watching her blossom as a presenter and come out of maybe just the music sphere into this incredible... She's got such a human interest thing. She's got such connection with people, particularly mm. young people. Mm. So I was really... I was proud on behalf of you just watching her. She was brilliant. So it was great to have them on. Okay, we'll come to you then. Suzanne Brennan, which was the podcast that got you going this year? You know, I had a look back through and there was one that popped out to me that we did at the start of the year. And I kind of thought it was a subject that we would have forgotten about it, but it still resonates. And it was lockdown style. <laughs> what have we become? Because the state of us. The state, the of, us, like, the state of us. Now, yeah. looking at me today, I'm wearing clothes. But, um, <laughs> I know this doesn't happen that often. Um, and we did that. It was the in the first three months of the year. So we had Erin McGathy on, we had Laura Kennedy and we had Jen Hogan and yourself. And I think out of all of them, Jen Hogan was the one that actually said, yeah, I still wear makeup. I still put nice clothes I know, on. We were all like shocked. Yeah. <laughs> 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 was 14 yeah. A million. A million, a million <laughs> children. <laughs> the busiest one out of all. She's putting on, us all she's to on shame. all the programs oh, all the time. Shame yourself. <laughs> and she puts lipstick on. Like, what is wrong I with know. her? So this was in the midst of like that four months, that long four months of lockdown. So I thought... Come the summer, going to buy loads of lovely clothes. I'm going to be wearing nice dresses. And then into the winter, like, I'll, you know, I'll start wearing clothes again. Still happens. We're there two years later. And I can listen to that and go, what have we become? Because I know, it you know, was, I'm it was person. funny. Yeah. I know. OK, the champagne is going down well. Now, we decided we were going to do a couple of awards. And the first award we have is Woman of the Year. 
So, Cathy Cummins, you've seen this year there with your more than one person. Who who are women that stood out for you this women year? Women that stood out for me was, and I know several of you agree with this, Katie Hannon for her Women of Honour documentary. Mm, and, and, and actually for the, for the breadth of her work. She Generally. Is, she's yeah. unfailingly researched, informed, unaggressive, uh, but at the same time dogged. She's one of those interviewers that I love listening to because she really s- sticks to her, her, her subject doesn't let anybody away, but doesn't get irritating either. She's she is an amazing interview style. Yeah, and I have to say, Declaration, she's a friend of mine, and but she's someone who over the years, the decades that I've known her, you know, she doesn't fly high in the kind of, she's not on the front of the RT guide or she's not in the no. Sunday Indo doing the things. But oh my God, I, you couldn't meet a harder working person yeah. or someone more passionate and dedicated to her craft of getting to the truth. Yeah. I mean, when you think about the whistleblower stuff she did the before Garden that. The McCabe stuff. Exactly. Incredible. And that yes. takes, that journalism takes so much time and careful reporting. And I, I just, I'm, I'm in awe of her and all the time. exquisite sensitivity. Yeah. Um, getting someone's trust and holding on to it through That's all it. those months. I think it's it's a something that a lot of people out there who give out about journalists do not appreciate. Mm. They don't see that dogged work that goes into mm. getting somebody to trust you and to staying trusting you and then actually putting their faces in front of a camera. Mm. That is yeah. no mean feat. It is astonishing. And I think she won um, Tatler Woman of the Year she did. journalist, didn't she? she did. for that. So and it's lovely to see her recognised, so. exactly. Okay, can I get to mention another woman? Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Knock yourself out. This is the place to do that. Like, this is great. six pages. <laughs> well, I have six pages of notes because I couldn't decide on any one I would also like to mention Helen McEntee, the Minister for Justice, for taking maternity leave at a time when most people don't in her position. I mean, I always remember that, that French minister who came back to work, having had a caesarean, I think, came back to work after six days. That's, now, that's about 10 years ago, I think. But it was regarded as fantastic and she had pictures taken in very high heels and there was a madness about it that I felt Helen McEntee kind of corrected mm. this year. And also because she is a politician and politicians are terrified of losing profile or of somebody better taking over. She had none of those fears. She just went and she took a maternity leave. Her husband is now at home, being the, the man in the house, which is, shouldn't be unusual. But the fact that this is being done by a young couple in our era, in this era, I just think it's fantastic. Well, can I also, I totally agree with you. Can I also put a little plug in for something else on a side project that Suzanne and I are involved in, which is Winter Nights. And the Minister for Justice, Helen McEntee, is one of our guests on Winter Nights, which is coming up at the end of January. And there's tickets available on irishtimes.com forward slash Winter Nights. And Jennifer Bray is going to be interviewing her. And I think that's going to be fantastic. It is. Okay, anybody else? Can I just mention, yeah, if you don't mind, I I don't don't want to hog this. Leave some women for the rest of us now. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Linda Doyle, who who actually was on our podcast, uh, Professor Linda Doyle, who became the first female provost of Trinity College Mm -hmm. this year and wears it lightly. It was brilliant to see that. Yes. And what she actually said was, I took down a quote, I want Trinity to be a public university that is fearless in its pursuit of a deep-rooted fairness. Let's hope that all plays out under Linda Doyle's tenure. Excellent. And Cathy, I'm going to come to uh, Jennifer now, but if any other women strike you, just feel free to throw them in. Jennifer, what about you, Women of the Year? Yeah, because actually, well, Cathy touched on them there, which is I I picked the collective of the Women of Honour because I just thought that that documentary that Katie Hannon did was unbelievable. Like, it was just so 
moving. It was the courage and bravery it took for those women to speak up and for them to have told a lot of these stories before many, many years ago, to have done that and and to have that fall on deaf ears, basically. Nothing to be done about it for so long. And now for it to be brought out into the light and Katie's role in that, of course, is unbelievable. For, but for those women, I can't imagine the bravery that it would have taken to tell your story back then, 20 years ago, and then to do it again. And hopefully, you know, things will change for the better as a result of that. So mm. they're who I chose yeah, for that's women, a really of the, good women of the year. Excellent. <laughs> and Suzanne, what about you? So I've known Roisin and the Women's Podcast team coming up two years now. And Roisin said, do you know who you who I've just realised you look really like. <laughs> Can you guess, actually, do you think oh, who my famous doppelganger is? Who is it? Uh, well, Roisin thinks I'm the doppelganger of Jacinda Ardern. Yes! <laughs> yeah. She's right! Yeah. yeah so. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Nice Anyway, so I think I, Jacinda Ardern, mm. for me, is one of my women of the year. I do have a couple. Um, she just played blinder and obviously what happened to New Zealand during this year the fact that they've their strategy they had to kind of pivot on it and you know work a new plan and um, they can't keep closed down forever and she's just been so strong and like her leadership is yeah. unbelievable mm. um, and then her latest step the other day <laughs> where she's uh, going to mention that yeah the other morning I woke up to the news that she's um abolishing smoking so New Zealand should be a smoke free place by 2025 or that people Abol um, I'm sorry I didn't hear that did you yes. know what she's abolishing even? smoking yeah. I was going to say something else so oh, tell you the well, I, think for, I think for under 14 for under 14 she's kind of yeah. phasing it so she's phasing yeah. it out so there will be a generation of, of kids who will be adults who will never have smoking be a part of their lives or wow. have the opportunity and I think that is that is incredibly brave I missed that but yeah. I was going to say that she was on a news thing the other day and she was asked about, <laughs> can people have sex again? And, and she was basically more or less saying, yes, oogies can take place. Now she was laughing. But she, she can go from that, you yeah. know. And also she's done incredible work on um, valuing the jobs, like nurses and all of that, raising mm -hmm. the money and, and looking at jobs and how they're, uh, the the how they're paid and saying is that the right way so she's doing amazing work yeah. on that too but she also has the crack and then there was another little clip recently where her kids came into the room while she was doing a yes. an interview and again of course she just handled that brilliantly yeah. but yeah I mean she's someone we're dying to get on the podcast we've sent her so many <laughs> I know Jacinda if you're listening we'd love <laughs> yeah. to have you on Suzanne's a big fan she looks very like you yes <laughs> her press officer Penny I'd say hates seeing my email arrive yeah Penny's like way will you <laughs> see you later um, Suzanne <laughs> can I also give a mention on the flip side of that is to someone who I think has just given such crack this year and that's Joanne McNally oh, here yes. here and like here, here. she's I actually have lost count to how many Vicar Street Millions shows she's gigs. selling yeah. I, I, they're probably no, affected by the new regulations yeah. they might oh, be in yeah. January yeah. Yeah. but for a woman to have done that yeah. what no woman in, in has done world. before Incredible. in the comedy yes. circuit 30 it's, nights at yeah. yes and I mean Amazing. I interviewed her this year and oh what a 
Well, the Zoom call was twice as long as what I could actually print. Let's just yeah. say that. There was a lot of it going. Now, off the record, Roisin, you know, so we had such a laugh. She's just wonderful. Yeah. And she holds it really lightly. Like, she's she's on the stratosphere now. Totally. Her podcast with Vogue Williams. It's the best. You know, yeah. my therapist ghosted me. Like, for a start, what a name for a, for a mm. podcast. Yeah. And she's just on fire. Yeah. And it is, I mean, Irish comedy has been dominated by men for so long. And we love Dara Breen and we love mm. Tommy Tiernan and all those people. But to see a woman just... You know, that women want yeah. to go and laugh with. And she's but it's just, also so important mm. that women are making it in that world yeah. because it's a world that needs an invasion of women. Mm. And she has begun that. It needs a woman's hand in there. Yeah. It needs a woman's voice. And th- that culture needed to be blown apart. And my goodness, what a woman to do it. Yeah. 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 When it, when, uh, if you ever go to her show and she is all the audience in the palm of her hand yeah. and it's women saying, finally, <laughs> yeah. someone's talking about what I talk to my mates about. Yeah. Someone's yeah. talking about yeah. the, the yeah. juicy, you know, Tinder dates or what goes wrong, you know, <laughs> yeah. with a guy. Like yeah. we weren't getting that before. And I think she's just amazing. She, she makes me laugh even just to look at her. And she works so hard again. You know, she just puts so much yeah. into it. She also announced that she's going to have a book of essays with Penguin out mm, next year yeah. as well. So something to look forward to when we come to yeah she's doing now, can I just mention a few women who I, I, and I, I won't go on about it except that I I have I have such admiration for these women they're all in sport weirdly uh, now I'm not talking about Kelly Harrington huge shout out to Kelly Harrington uh, huge That's shout my neighbour down the road yeah I'm actually talking about Naomi Osaka I'm talking about Brienne Frost mm. I'm talking about Pong Shui women who have really stood up to serious male power mm-hmm. in their worlds, in their kind of small worlds. Brienne Frost absolutely amazes me. Imagine being in the way room among, among all those, that masculine, that testosterone pumping through the place, mm-hmm. getting bullied and harassed, and that's now been confirmed. The guy got mm-hmm. 18 months for, he's been suspended for 18 months. But the fact that she stood up and did that will make such a huge mm-hmm. difference to the racing world. Pong Shui, as you know, the blog post yeah. about a guy who was one of the seven ruling men of China. Imagine standing up to that and was then disappeared. And we're still not quite sure where she is or what's happened to her. Um, so, so, and Naomi Osaka, as you know, who just decided my mental health comes before press conferences. So I just wanted to mention yeah. those three because oddly enough, they're all in the sports world, yeah. but have done extraordinarily courageous things outside yeah. of it. And can I throw in Simone Biles as well and the, all the women of the Olympics during the year as well? Because yeah. she also, you know, she got to a point where she was like, no, I'm not going to do this because it's not good for me. And she stepped back and there was a big controversy. And it's wonderful to see women in sports saying, actually, I'm not going to sacrifice everything for this. Yeah. You know, I don't need to do that. And, and there's really that's role model stuff, yeah. isn't it? Oh, yeah, someone else I just did want to mention, and she doesn't need another award, and she doesn't need any more people talking about her, but Sally Rooney. Like, what a year for Sally Rooney. And there she was with Beautiful World, Where Are You? Another woman I interviewed this year. And I do think that one thing that she's very keen on and that she's spoken about is how the fact that her, as a young woman, you know, writing about her experiences and the experience of that generation has led to a massive interest from publishers in women and in young women writers. So... I think she's very aware of that. And I think if you look around, you think of Nisha Dolan and you think of Megan Nolan, who also wrote a great book this year. And there's another brilliant book. I've read it. I got an advanced copy called um, None of This is Serious by Catherine Prasivka, who is the sister-in-law of Sally Rooney. And honestly, I loved it so much. And I think it's out early next year, I think, and well worth getting your hands on. But I suppose my point is, yes, Sally Rooney, the bucket hats, the pop-up shops, the 
hullabaloo, the hype, all the articles. The backlash. The backlash. That she, I and, presume and she has she I think she has. And she's, you know, she's wherever she is with her husband, her new husband, writing and trying not to let that, you know, derail her from really, she just wants to write her books. And she has never bought into it or kind of gone down that road. And I, I do admire her a lot, but I also admire her for the fact that it's allowed people to see this as a, valid thing that young women the only thing is I am I know this is the women's podcast but there's been a bit of talk this year about uh, where are all the men writers poor men writers there's not <laughs> much space any? well if you're a young man now and you've got a, a long time actually. no but you know the way every generation Every it's generation. Like that, it's like that. It's like that English, English MP said that making women replace Doctor Who and and, and James Bond as driving oh. young men to crime. I mean, maybe that's what's happened. maybe that's what's happened. But I would think if you're like twenty or thirty something man with an idea for a novel or even a novel finished, you're kind of there's not you're much. Screwed. Might have to, yeah. <laughs> a bit. Well, that's because women yeah. women read the majority of fiction. Yeah, and we've been reading mostly that. male. Yeah, but I, I hope so it long. doesn't. I hope I. I would like to say I want to hear what young men have to say about this time in the world. I want to read novels by young men, and I, I don't think that necessarily it's a good thing if you know it's become oh, such a cool yeah. thing that we only want to read women. I want to read. I want to hear. Like I, I did really enjoy um, White City by Kevin Power actually this year. And but but most of the books I read this year have been by women. I very but noticeably. Also, I was talking to a young woman recently. When I say young now, around your age. Well, no, not me. Them yeah. two. <laughs> Um, who was saying she would love to read a book because she's fascinated by this ghosting thing that goes on on dating sites. And all of those things that she reckons is part of a male culture. Now, I know women do it, but she reckons a lot, a lot, a lot of men do it. And what is going on in their heads? Because it's so widespread. And she said she'd actually love to read a book from that perspective. Exactly. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Because yeah. Dolly Alterton wrote a great book called Ghost, which mm. is sort of the premise of it is about being completely ghosted in the most extreme this way. This friend of mine might have been reacting to that, actually, yeah. saying she'd love to hear the male It would be point. really interesting yeah. to see the other side. So anyway, I think men should write books too. I think they, they should, should be very much allowed. It should be space like, you know, made for men They write. dominated for a long time, but that's no reason to kind of totally erase no, them from the up. discourse. Yeah, shouldn't give There's up. a clear gap in the market <laughs> for men <laughs> writing about ghosting. We want to know what you're thinking. Come on. <laughs> okay, so we're going to look back at the year now in terms of a couple of things. We're going to talk about ourselves and our own lives because I think we're still in the very pandemic times where a lot of us are still out of the office and um, it's been, you know, another challenging year. I mean, personally, I told my children, oh, no, 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 don't worry. I told them last Christmas, it'll all be over by Christmas. It'll be finished. You know, don't worry about that. And they've had to say to me, you lied to us. You know, it's like terrible, but I can't, I can't argue with them. <laughs> I did tell them it was all going to be over and now it's clearly not. Ah, yeah, but don't we do that? No, we do. I know, but I really <laughs> did believe it when I said it. I, I wasn't just pretending. I thought it was going to be over. Yeah. So it's been a tough year, but I just thought we could talk about um, personal highlights of the year and lowlights of the year. My personal highlights? Yeah. What's happened for you this year that you have been pleased with or that's given you a bit of joy? I didn't have a great year in all honesty. Um <laughs> <laughs> due to a couple of little health problems, um, and uh, which, uh, which I'm now over. Uh, but, the, but the year was kind of dominated by that. My two girls bring me huge joy. My sisters bring me enormous joy. Actually, most of my family bring me enormous joy. That's great. Yeah. Um, and I saw a lot of them this year, and they really rallied around uh, when I needed them. Uh, so, I mean, for example, after I had surgery, I went to stay with one of my sisters, which I swore I would never do. I don't like staying in other people's houses, in all honesty. Uh, but I ended up going there. Did because you convalesce? I, I, I did convalesce. Great word, isn't it convalesce? I actually did convalesce. Mm. 
And I got over myself after about 10 minutes and really enjoyed convalescing oh. in her house. <laughs> so, I'd love to do a bit of convalescing. <laughs> and it's funny, when I think back, we watched the morning show. We binge watched oh, the morning show. I love it. So actually, I have nothing but... And the weather was beautiful. Mm. And I've actually, oddly enough, happy memories of that. Now you've, made, you've, now you've got this from See? me now. Yeah. That hadn't occurred to me. I have really happy memories of that convalescence. Thank That's you it, for asking. I actually, I do remember now, it was joyful. And Cathy, so speaking of health and stuff, so you... You've come into contact with our health service then quite intimately and quite at various points. So what was your experience there? Because I haven't been inside a hospital, I don't think, through this whole time or barely in the door of a doctor. I've been lucky, touching wood all over the place. Well, I had heart surgery. So I was in a a very particular um, funnel, I suppose, within the matter hospital system. And I didn't know so many people had heart problems. I mean, it was unbelievable. It was... I was admitted the week when the, the cyber attack took wow. place. Now, I was in the private section along with a lot of people um, who were, you know, who were in the public system, but a lot of people were being sent mm. towards the private system, which actually really works as far mm. as I can see. But it was extraordinarily busy. Every ward was full and the, the, the nursing is so intensive, but it, 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 it worked very well. You didn't get a sense that there was a really odd world out there where there was a pandemic and... It was just, uh, I find it amazing. And I've hit lucky also with it, the emergency departments and hospitals. I've never ended up in a situation where I was stuck in a queue for, for, say, 12 hours. And I always want to say that to people. It isn't always something to be feared, the emergency departments and hospitals. I worry that people don't go into emergency departments because they're terrified of the, the really terrible publicity, which is often deserved, as we know. Mm. But I have hit lucky. I think the trick is to go in the morning, actually. <laughs> Top tip for 2022. Yeah. So if you're going to have an emergency, <laughs> yeah. have it in the morning. Do. Top tip from Cathy Sheridan. Are you okay now, Cathy? I am. I am. Yeah. Because that's it, a big thing. Heart stuff is, you know, the scary stuff. Isn't it? Mm, like, and it sort of came out of the blue, uh, which was shocking. Because it, it's one area that I'd always thought, I mean, I've always thought I was a big, strong country woman. But in <laughs> fact, you, are. you yeah. just, just can't rely on these <laughs> <laughs> But I am. I'm fine now. And really, it it all went like clockwork. And uh, the miracle that you can get a, an operation done on your heart and mm. emerge and look at you like it is I, kind of amazing. I actually had an aortic valve replacement, just to be precise about it. And I, the replacement is actually cow tissue. Wow. What? Yeah, bovine. You're the country woman, you're more country than you I have ever. more cow. <laughs> I am a proper cow now. It goes small circle. <laughs> Okay, I've had enough of talking about my health problems now. <laughs> Bad cow. God, you'll get her heart all started now. You have, to, you have to stop. Well, thank you very much for sharing that with us. And we, you know, we were worried about you, obviously. And um, you're a very stoic person, I think, is what you, you kind of batten down the hatches and you deal with things. But we were all thinking about you. And it's so great that you pulled through completely. And yeah, that you're here with us today in the house, drinking a tiny bit of champagne because she's yeah. driving. And, and can I just, it's so, <laughs> it's one of the reasons why I am so full of gratitude, mm. actually, for sitting at this table. Yeah. And for the fun we have. I know, we do have the crack. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, let everybody appreciate that. Jenny, appreciate, nothing else this year, let them appreciate <laughs> Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Jenny, you've been healthy and well yeah, yeah. And managing and life my my personal highlight is extremely frivolous because it was going on holidays with a couple of girlfriends oh. quite recently uh we got out of dodge in november and we went to tenerife for five nights and it was just on the back of i suppose i had my second child just before the pandemic hit 
then at the time when I should have been having a really nice maternity leave, being surrounded by like, you know, other mums in the same position as me and that kind of like, you know, yeah. village that it takes when you have a little tiny baby and not even being able to see my family down home. My mum got to see my son like twice, I think, in the There's first, another country you know, girl here, kind of <laughs> <laughs> in the first year of his life, she saw him a handful of times. So it was really hard during the pandemic. And then it was back to work and Suzanne and I work on lots of other podcasts and it's just full throttle all what? the time. What? <laughs> Is this not your routine? Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. Turncoats. Oh. Anyway, all of this is a long story short of me trying to justify fleeing ah. the coop and going away with two girlfriends, without the kids, without the husband for five nights. And it was just amazing. It was the weather was perfect. Early twenties, mm. good for an Irish country girl. I can't take any more than that. And we just lolled about and had great conversations and drank good wine and ate great food. And I was so so grateful for that mm. break. And I didn't even realize how much I needed it until I went on it. And the fond memories will stay that, with me for quite a while. I I'll be dining that. out on it for a while. And you know what's great, uh, Jenny, is that we have next week's podcast is it's on Nalukanaman, which mm-hmm. is the, you know, little Christmas or women's Christmas, whatever. And we have a great woman called Paula Fines talking about the invisible job and the job that many women all those jobs, like I think there's something like she counted it up and it's 150 or more yeah. and hundreds of things that people do that are in totally invisible. And it's great that you did that because you need to do it and it's okay. And the world didn't fall apart no, and your children grand. are fine when you gave yeah. back. Tell they us your grand. story of your little, you did a call once a day, didn't you? I did. <laughs> I did my video call around bedtime uh, every evening. And the, on the first evening, I started getting a list from my darling husband of all the things that had gone wrong. Because oh. in fairness to him, literally everything that could go wrong went wrong. There were temperatures, there were people sent home from crash oh, early. No. Sorry, there were sick kids oh. before school. There was, you name it. You picked a great time to go away. <laughs> this is just what happens every single week. To leave me, Jenny. <laughs> this is what happens every week, though. This is a litany of stuff that happens every so week. I'm telling you stuff that he actually started, happens routinely. He started yeah. to tell me in the evening... <laughs> about oh and yeah and he had a temperature and then he puked all over the table but you know and I was like oh, do, 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 do. I'm just gonna stop you there because I have to go downstairs because the wine is open and I'm actually on my holidays so I'll tune I'll uh, tune in same time tomorrow and I'll say good night to everybody and that's all I'll do yeah email I'll me. hear everything when I email email bye bye three days end of office is that the end? oh oh, oh, oh. oh. <laughs> the poor fella I know. Like, but, but, but I want the things to tell you no no He's a great man. He's a great man. (laughs) Thank you for that, Jenny. And Suzanne, you didn't get married again. No, no, again. But something else happened that I think is probably your highlight. Yeah, because it's something that's not happening for a lot of people. Yeah, and we are very lucky. We bought a house this year, so we moved to Inchicore. In Shakur, what a cool place! It's yeah. probably one of those, you know, world best place to live. It is. Like, it actually is. Yeah. <laughs> it's question. top of the list. Well, I think it's number fifteen or so. <laughs> number no, fifteen of the world. Yeah, yeah. What? Oh, Sorry. yeah. No, all the residents sharing it in the in the WhatsApp really? group. Yeah, yeah made Dublin Ace too? made the top. That's right, Fifteen yeah. in the world, best places okay. to live. Now. I think that's a bit of a swizz because Who Dublin 8 <laughs> they've honestly never been to oh. Dublin 8 I'd say either there's about four places in Dublin 8 it's Portobello it's Inchgore it's yeah, Kilmainham yeah, yeah. like you can't be squishing no, them no. all in 
But yeah, it was a long road to get there. Cancelled wedding really helped. So, you know, if you're if you're kind of tossing up the two, get the house. I know like the market is insane at the moment. Um, And I don't envy anyone being back in it. I'd never want to be back in it ever again. So I'm going to be in Inchcore forever. Inchcore (laughs) for life. Yeah, maybe. Suzanne, I haven't been, because we, you know, we kind of listened to you on our Zoom calls over the year of the travails associated with it. And then the housing crisis is, you both work on other podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) On the politics podcast. So the housing crisis is constantly in your you know Vista and we're all thinking about it and it's going to be a huge issue when the next election happens and yeah. if you look at like Mary Lou seems destined to be Taoiseach because yeah. Sinn Féin is being seen by your mm-hmm. generation as as the only people doing anything about it so yeah. are you hearing all that from your peers like uh, people who haven't been as lucky as you and people who have got totally. on the ladder or whatever? yeah and actually one of the big things during the year was Dave McWilliams so I don't know if you remember that article that he had while yeah. I had mentioned this yeah. <laughs> David McWilliams said at an article that went did pretty well and he had, did a podcast about it and it was get out of the housing market mm. immediately I think I sent it to you <laughs> you did probably 10, ten people said- sent it my mom, my friends, <laughs> cease and desist and get out of the housing market now and don't buy because, you know, what's up for sale is houses in areas you don't want for prices you don't want to pay. But because there's such a shortage, you have to, um, which is all well and good, you know, if you're Dave McWilliams. <laughs> well, I think he also said don't don't build either. Don't, don't get involved in building a house. Yeah. So I think really what he would like is everybody just to stay where they are yes. right now. Mm. which is all very fine yes it it is yeah if you have the luxury of boycotting the housing market then you know go ahead but a lot of people don't have that option so um yeah it was tough and you'd hear so much about it and then you are thinking you know I'm paying over the price I know my neighbors down the road probably paid a fraction of what we had to pay to live in the same place so yeah that is tough you know that's hard is that hard to to get past, yeah, a little yeah. bit, yeah, sticks in your <laughs> yeah. craw a bit, but then oh, I know. Can I just just pick you up there on what you said about Sinn Fein? Mm. Um, Sinn Fein have been in opposition. Yeah, they've never been in government. Oh, I know. So what they're 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 they have a lot of proposals, yeah. and, a lot, and ideas. Uh, but what I I actually long to see them in government to see what they will do, because a huge part of the problem we have obviously is getting the building. It's the money mm. is there. That's mm. the odd thing about all this. This, that's happening. The, 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 the money from the exchequer is there. There are all kinds of organisations set up to push this on and on and on. So I'm kind of fascinated by what it'll take to get, to get serious, a critical mass of housing built. Yeah. Um, and I just, I, I am looking forward to seeing how Sinn Féin affect that once they get into power. You know, is it an inevitability, do you think? I mean, am I being kind of naive in that? No, is it going to just totally Well, they'll need, they need coalition partners. I mm. think that's the bottom line, isn't yeah. it? Um, and, and I presume they'll find people who will be happy to And I, I suppose I it's, um, it, I mean, it's an exciting time in Irish politics from that point of view because we have had just the two, Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael, swapping it between them and sometimes sharing it all this time. And there's something mm. good about someone else coming in. I suppose oh, yeah. I'd have a few reservations as well, but we'll um, I'll does. just throw in my personal highlight of the Do. year, which is <laughs> yeah. I turned 50. I, yes. I got my 50th yeah. birthday this year. And, you know, I mean, it just confirmed what I always think. I'm not really... I don't have a problem with ageing. I'm not that kind of person. I know other people do, but yeah, I feel like really lucky, like, you know, being 50 and um, 
you know, having a house mm-hmm. and having my kids and a partner and a job that I love. And a big part of that is the women's podcast. And it was just really nice to have a birthday month where I <laughs> tore the arse out of it. Look, there's a 50 still up there. That's from when my family came around. I, I put that, Johnny put that up, sign up and the rest and of it's gone. You just got your birthday present of me Oh, I have a birthday Suzanne. present from yes. you guys to open, you. which I'm looking forward to. But it did, you spoke about gratitude there, Cathy, and it did just make me really feel grateful for all the brilliant people in my life and for all the support I've had and for, for, for lots of people who've helped me on my way and all that kind of thing. And, and just to be alive and lucky that my mum's still alive. And speaking of my mum, another highlight was my mum publishing her book. Oh my God, seriously, yes. Yeah, I, that was a really great time for our family just to be able to celebrate her and to be proud of her. And she was just so happy. And that book got her through the worst grim lockdown. Yeah. And then the publishing this year, she was nominated for two book awards and okay, she didn't win <laughs> Anyway, um, but, you know, that has been incredible, too. And so, yeah, that was that was wonderful. And also one more personal highlight is just the continuation of the working from home business, because that has changed my life. It's changed my partner's life. It's allowed us to be better parents and better partners to each other and have our quality of life has increased to a degree that, you know, if my boss is listening, like I never want to go back to the office. <laughs> Hopefully that they are listening. But, you know, and I think for a lot of women, as much as we've seen a lot of women have to leave the workforce because they couldn't cope with, say, the homeschooling and all that stuff. I think that flexibility that it allows where, you know, you can accommodate your kid having to go to a dental appointment without taking half a day or a day off. And all those things, they pile up so much. And there's not a day goes by when one of us, me or Johnny, doesn't say to each other, Oh my God, like, isn't this amazing? It happens, you know, every other day something happens to make us realise we wouldn't be able to do this or this would be so different. And I think, I know it doesn't suit a lot of people and I am very conscious of particularly younger women coming into organisations. You want to be able to mentor them. But we've had a couple of new people join the Irish Times and I have reached out to them on Zoom and said, look, let's have a chat. And we've done that kind of thing where, so that there's other ways of connecting. It doesn't mean that 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 thing has to be lost, but I know it's it's better in real life. Yeah, it's better in real life. Can I just say, especially, for young people because I remember back in the day when I were a young one uh, (laughs) it was a place where you met a lot of romantic partners Um, and there was always a bit of excitement around the corner or a little crush you had on somebody in the desk across the way or whatever I think I think Tell young us people more, must, Kathy. Who were you crushing on? Nobody at all. I was never had a crush on anyone I. in my whole life. Uh, but but I do think that is a, that 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 young people say in their early thirties maybe, for whom that might have been a useful yeah. connection point for them. Yeah. Uh, and a way off mm. the ratty dating sites. Uh, I think that must be a, a huge lack for them. Yeah, yeah. but I, I don't think I think the romantic thing probably I'd be worried about that less. But the, it's interesting because why this, just because you've got a fellow? No, because I just think work and getting off with someone you're working with is just oh, in my experience, it's oh horrific. my goodness, oh, wow. do you wear, more, yeah. no, I won't tell you more. Do you were out at work though, weren't you, when you what? met Johnny? You met I him was at work. Thing. That's yeah. true. I didn't. The, well, I was at beat. work on the beat, on the road, reporting. You know. Yeah, but yeah. there you go. If you were, if yes. you were sitting in your room on <laughs> yeah. Zoom, that's what true. Yeah. But at the, what I was more talking about was it's interesting. This particular one young woman I'm thinking of, I uh, made went out of my way to kind of connect with her because of the fact that we we're not in the office. Because I said she's she's come into this scenario and she doesn't have that kind of thing that you'd have. Mm. So I made I went out my then I created another scenario of a zoom group where other people came in to talk to her as well i'm not trying to blow my trumpet it's just the point is it made me think about it much more the fact that we're not connected so there's also 
other ways of mentoring and helping people. She could have been in the office. We could all have been there. And she might, we might not have bothered to kind of bring her for coffee or to do something because we're all so busy with our stuff. Well, you were because... a bit of a role model then for reaching out to her like that. I hate that expression, mm. but, it, but it actually means reaching something. Reaching out, I know. This, I've said it a couple of times. Sorry. No, no. Mm. It's, it, it does mean something in this context. Well, I literally really felt like that. Her, yeah, yes. I did. And I think that's what we have to remember because it's all very well for me. I'm 50, like I said, and but I'm at home and it's all grand. I, I can do it. But if you're starting out, you're in your 20s or even your 30s and you're in a new place and you don't know everyone. So it's just important to remember and to keep an eye on that. The new Safe Ireland Survivor Fund in partnership with Airbnb enables Safe Ireland to contribute to sustainable supports for women and frontline services and to provide focused actions for children. You can play a critical role in helping to protect more women and children from abuse. Donate directly to your local domestic violence service or to the national work of Safe Ireland. Go to www.safeireland.ie for more information. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Okay, well, let's move on to our newsy moment of the year. And I suppose this comes into some of the women of the year that I wanted to talk about. Something that happened very early on in the year was the Mother and Baby Homes report came out. And we've covered this a lot. And you'll see up on my wall there Mm -hmm. our award that we won from the Law Society for our coverage of the Mother and Baby Homes report. That happened in, I think, January, early February. And we covered it a lot on the podcast. But so my women of the year were actually going to be the women who... I mean, people like Noelle Brown and survivors, people we've had on the podcast like Mary Rose Harney. Maria Dasser. And Rose also, Maria Dasser, yeah. And, and then also Maeve O'Rourke, oh, who is about yes. to have a baby, I think, very soon. I, I imagine it's soon. But she she and all her um, Claire people, Claire McGetrick yeah, on the Clan Project, project yeah. all of those women, like this report came out. And I mean, part of me has a lot of sympathy for anyone who's to do a report on the Magdalene Laundries or, or the Mother and Baby Homes or any of those things that have happened in Ireland and not just in Ireland, happened all over the place. It's a very difficult task to balance all the rights and um, and people who are involved. But it was just amazing the whole year to see it unfold that, you know, I feel like it seems in balance. They didn't meet the needs of the survivors. They didn't really reflect the experiences that they had. Those people weren't feeling after this report came out that they'd been listened to, that yeah. they'd been heard. And I think Roger O'Gorman has really done you know, his best to try and listen and to try and, and make it better. Um, But I just, I feel like 
you know, this was the official sort of response to it. And then we had all these amazing women, like I say, Maeve Rourke and Claire and everybody else coming up to actually keep pointing out, no, it's not good enough. No, these were human rights abuses. Yes, there was forced adoptions because that was one of the big glaring things that came out of the report. The forced adoptions weren't that much of an issue. Well, actually, in fact, if women weren't really aware that their babies were going to be taken from them and, and it all happened very kind of by the by, then that's a forced adoption. Uh, yeah, and, and it was the legal definition of yeah. forced. I think that's where it all became so I know. difficult, didn't it? And so I, I, I suppose my newsy moment of the year would be that, but also then the many, many, many news stories that came out of it because of people campaigning grassroots who knew so much more than it seemed like the authorities either knew or wanted to to, to deal with, you know. And I'm, I'm just in awe of all those people because the amount of research, you know, Mairead Enright, all these incredible people that came on. So, yeah, newsy moment of the year. That report and the fallout because that bit where one of the authors of the report was in that Oxford um, mm. University call and then oh, all those other people were on the right. call. Uh yeah, it was kind of a rolling story and um, we, sort of we've ended the year in a way with the rights of adopted people being a, a bit more recognised, but there's still a lot more to do and something that I think we'll continue to cover on the podcast. So that's my newsy moment of the year. Cathy, what's yours? Actually, mine is kind of a minus. I never, ever want to see a group like Neffet again <laughs> without a woman on it. Yeah, I think I, I, it, I won't say I was offended, but I, it still amazes me that we had so many magnificent women uh, like like Catherine Motherway, mm-hmm. like Karina Butler, like Gabrielle Colleran, who's been on the podcast yeah. many times. Um, people like that. I'm not saying they're all epidemiologists or whatever. They, they, they're not. Um, and that it's I, I, I don't know how easy it is to get a public health doctor who is also a woman and who is as well informed as as uh, um, Dr. Hollohan or um, Ronan Glynn. Ronan Glynn. But it just looked so strange yeah. to any eyes to see this group of men deciding on issues that actually are so pertinent to women. Yeah. Uh, it still amazes me. I feel like, why are they not sitting there? There was one recent one where it was about schools and it was about particularly about parents and it was about masks on children. Something that obviously mm. men as parents, but also women, have a lot of stake in. And there was eight men in the room deciding upon that and I just wonder the bit where nobody looks around and goes lads this is really uncool I honestly have got to a point I don't I don't want to see them I don't want to hear them I don't want to see them on podiums telling me what to do I get I'm getting very like no I don't I don't agree you're not representing half of the people in this country you're just not telling I don't care how much how many degrees you have or how much expertise you have I'm, I'm actually a bit fed up like I'm I'm angry about it and COVID women's voices we should have them as women of our year as well because they are banging on about it and saying it's not right. And it's not right. And it's it, not good enough. It's, 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 it certainly isn't right. Because, but if we, expect, if, we, if we accept that, we all have different perspectives to offer mm. um, and that voices are important. The, you, you, the expertise goes without saying. You're yeah, assuming yeah, that everybody's starting from a particular point of expertise, mm. which, which should be, there should be a standard of excellence, obviously. But from there on, obviously, viewpoints differ as to how particular issues should be dealt with, such as 
schools closing, such as uh, the filtration of, of, of the air in buildings, all of these things. And interestingly, the, the main voice for the filtration of buildings is... Uh, Orla, Orla Hegarty, amazing yes. woman. Um, yeah. She speaks so much sense on HEPA filters and all that stuff. She does. She's an expert in that particular yeah, area. Yeah. Um, and that's what I felt was lacking. Mm. And, and actually, many medics I've talked to have said that they felt those committees were far too limited. Mm. Uh, so it's not just that there's a lack of women. Yeah. They just felt they weren't wide enough in the in the in the in the in in, in perspective. Mm. So anyway, I think we've solved that. No, we? we've totally sorted that out. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's let's move it on and make it to more important matters. Um, what did you binge watch this year, everyone? The sigh. Oh, okay. So the same ones as everyone. Succession. <laughs> yes. Narcos. Narcos uh, Mexico. I'm big into. On, Narcos uh, Mexico. Mm, okay. Really good on Netflix. Right. Uh, Spanish language one. Really good. Nine Perfect Strangers. Kind of all the same ones that everybody um, watched. But one. I haven't seen I've any seen of any those. Of oh, really? Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> There for us. There you go. Why are you like everyone's watching? Because Suzanne's just been watching Selling Sunset. I've never watched it. See, I think that's my reality TV show diet is pathetic. I don't know any of these shows. And that was really shown to me on that Gals Pals holiday when I went on. Amazing repertoire of. What's Nine Perfect Strangers? Nine Perfect Strangers was the one at Nicole Kidman, and she is. Oh, yeah. It it was a book. It was, I have to say, it was fairly fluffy and a bit silly yeah. but I thoroughly enjoyed it it was on Amazon and she was like basically the leader of this wellness retreat uh, and these nine perfect strangers come to this wellness okay. retreat and they're all different and anyway. is it a comedy or is it no okay. dark took Definitely. itself quite seriously <laughs> right. okay. but it was very good it was I, I enjoyed it we, we were kind of it was very blatant, like, oh, at the end of the episode, you'd have to be like, oh, let's just watch the next right. few minutes of okay. the next episode yeah. so we know what's going to happen. Yeah. But I really enjoyed that. But something a little bit more offbeat. And now I feel ridiculous because you didn't watch any of And I thought, oh, they're really obvious. Everyone's going to watch those. But something that I would highly recommend on Amazon Prime is um, Unreal. I don't know if you've seen it. No. It's this, uh, there's a couple of seasons of it there and it is really quite dark and it's like a behind the scenes of a reality TV show and it's based on the producers of a reality TV show oh. and it, the reality TV show is sort of like a, a bachelor kind of oh, type that affair. That sounds like, sounds right up and my And it's stream, amazing yeah. because it shows like the Machiavellian sort of tactics that the producers go yes. to to manipulate the get the, the contestants <laughs> into the doing what they want. But it was just it was just um it's really interesting. I'm still oh. watching it and it's one I watch on my own. Yeah. Uh, I, so it's my stories. I'm actually loving that. this because it's like a, I'm making a list yeah. here to watch it. I think you'd really enjoy that Suzanne. It's really good. But it's um yeah so that's kind of what I was watching a lot. So the the, the aforementioned stuff like succession narcos that's what you yeah. know me and my husband watch that and then this is my, your my, private, my stories your own private binge <laughs> yes <laughs> exactly it's very good unreal Suzanne what about you a bit of selling something uh, I imagine do you know what <laughs> the real housewives like I'm not trying to stereotype you here but you know well like highlight of my summer is obviously Love Island yeah <laughs> <laughs> Me and Roisin are the only two who watch Love Island here. I don't tell anyone, shush. I, I tried to, to do it this year to get in on the gang and I was like, guys, I can't I do know, it. I know, I can't do it, why not? I just can't, I just can't. Go on, Kathy, Kathy, Kathy's, not watching Love Island. Kathy's not watching Love Island. But it's such I'm an sorry, investment I actually can't do of your Island. time. I tried, I tried, yeah. I tried for the sake they of one, one of my daughters. Yeah. Uh, because we had been told that this was a fantastic, she's joking, that this is a, they say that mums and daughters bond. Yeah, mums and 13-year-old daughters 
my, my respect. sister has bonded with her team. Really? So. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 See, my mum I, I, I don't like. I, I don't say. I don't say I can't deal with it because I think I'm any better than, yeah. than you. No, that's not <laughs> it at all. It's because it's uh, such a commitment. It's every single night. Honestly, I yeah, it, it is an hour each night. Um, I roped Paddy into watching it though. <laughs> and he'd be, he'd have it on like for me, even going into the room. Um, so there's that. Do you know, I think my favourite show of the whole year um, was Squid Game though. Mm. Well, I haven't watched that and I refuse not? to watch it. What Why? is wrong with me? I just yeah. can't I bear to, as well. to even turn it on. Why? Because I just heard it's really violent and yeah. I said, I don't want to watch that. No, it is very violent. It's well, and I don't understand. And it's, it's in there in my head as it, this thing and I haven't it's gone la- into it it's yet. It's layered Roshi. It's layered. Right. It's, it's okay. also quick violence. Like quick it violence. doesn't... <laughs> That's okay then. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't dwell so on it, you know. It's shocking. <laughs> <laughs> quick violence. I'm sorry. If in I tell you what I've been here watching, you're going to go under the table. Um, because I actually can't... My my whole mm. energy is devoted to finding things that will not upset me. Yeah. Exactly. So so this. basically, what I have been watching, the morning show. Oh yeah, Ted Lasso. Yeah, I knew you were going to say Ted Lasso. Pure love and fun, and gets a bit dark, mm. but I, nonetheless fantastic. The chair. Have any of you seen the chair oh. with Sandra O? Oh. oh yes, that's brilliant. Ca- that. It's about campus politics, it? and it's yeah, wonderful. Mm. Yeah, um, White Lotus. I was going to say it. I couldn't remember the name of it. I was called yeah. White Orchid in my head. Well, that was yeah. brilliant. That yeah. was one of my favourite things this year. And also reflect about the pandemic and that it was yeah. very deliberately all filmed in one place in order to get around mm. pandemic rules. Uh, Call My Agent, the fourth series. Mm. As you can see, I've been very busy. But <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't not sad and reflective in that I did watch Mayor of Easttown. Which oh. I, I wish don't I'd know. seen that. I haven't watched it yet. It's, Kate Winslet. I mean, that sounds Kate amazing. Kate Winslet is a chameleon. She is just remarkable in it and it's really that is a fantastic watch also I would be binge watching Dope Sick Mm. Uh, I would if it was we if it I am watching it but they're they're dropping it by the week in the old traditional Cassie, way. Cassie, did you just say dropping? <laughs> I just did. Did I, did I sound cool there dropping for a second? Dropping it the old way. <laughs> dropping it. it the old-fashioned way. How meta, as our yeah. friend Mark Zuckerberg would say. I know, and dope sick. I don't know. I mean, I, I, somebody persuaded me to watch it because I just thought that sounds really yeah. awful. Mm. It's a tale of people falling victim to osteocontin addiction mm. in, in, in the States. Mm. And I just thought, I do not want to watch that. Mm. But in fact, it is fantastic. It's on the list. Have you yeah. read the Patrick Radden Keefe book? I haven't, but it's on, it's on my list. I'm halfway through it. It's yeah. unreal. Yeah. And I'm, wait, I'm, gonna re- I'm gonna watch Dope Sick after I've read this. Just you know, that's, to a, really that, that's a great way it. to do it because <laughs> I'm watching it with my daughter Sarah, who has read the book, mm-hmm. and she's able to say, Well, actually, I you know, she's able to say this is this is actually what happened mm-hmm. there. Uh, but as far as I can see, this is obviously fictionalized. Yes, the characters right. you're not meant to recognise them. But it's really you really do get a sense of the absolute devastation caused by the Sackler family. So we're going to move on to music quickly and then we're going to just talk about our hopes for the year and things that are happening in 2022. Um, I don't know if you did your Spotify unwrapped. I don't think you did, Cathy, but I did mine. My, the theme of my music was wistful and happy. That was my the two words. And Taylor, obviously. Taylor of course. Came obviously. I have my ukulele there. I was going to give you, we might finish the... Um, Episode with a little bit of a, 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 a tiny snippet, tiny snippet of all too well, the 10 minute version, but I'll just do a little bit of it. That okay. wasn't, I brought my harp to the party and no one asked me to play, Joe. <laughs> she actually does have a ukulele hanging on her wall. 
I did. Uh, so Taylor came top of my list. Anybody else? What music have you been listening to? I've uh, Billie Eilish, Lizzo. Oh, yeah. They're top of mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, Billie Eilish because both me and my eight-year-old son, yeah. we both oh. like uh, her. Really? But uh, Harry and Alfie, my two kids, they skew mine. So oh, this yeah. Baby Shark is in there. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the original soundtrack to Madagascar. What like two-year-olds like it? Madagascar. They do the Fantastic. moves. It's very cute. But no, I listen to a lot of Roisin Murphy's back catalogue. Ah. I don't know. I just was on a Roshi Murphy buzz mm. this year and also Olivia Rodrigo oh I know I'm playing in I, Fairview Park I in June know. my kids just said to me today mom if you don't get her on the women's podcast <laughs> so and she I couldn't I couldn't cope if we got her I couldn't Listen, I would, couldn't Jennifer, cope do you know what she just said to me today I can't believe I grew up in Fairview Park I can't believe Olivia Rodrigo is going to be walking on the paths oh. I've walked on all my life <laughs> how poetic that so is Olivia, again, if you're listening. I think Olivia, Olivia would be impressed by that. She's so big now. She's only 18, right? So she's she's written these incredible songs. But she has said she doesn't want to skip the step of doing the smaller venues. So her first tour is in Fairview Park, is in all these places, very medium-sized places around the world. Yeah. Instead of just going straight to the Taylor Swift thing, which fab. she's at. You know? She's fab. And I will say, I should make the point that she is probably more aimed at Joy and Priya than she is at me. <laughs> well, 30, or me, because I kind of tend to that juvenile <laughs> angsty, But you I know. feel it, you know, <laughs> when, I, when I heard songs, I her song, Driver's License, she wrote when she was 17. And as soon as I listened to it, I was like, every boy that broke my heart. Oh, yeah, exactly. I remember you. But you know, like, that's why it is for us. It's for yeah. us that we were then. So she's, oh, she's incredible. Great. She's you brilliant. need to listen to her. Oh, I, I do. <laughs> I yeah. need to hear of her first. You've heard of her now. Yeah, She's playing in Fairview Park. She'll probably be up at the cost efficient ship shop getting her afters after the gig. It'll be grand. If she's any sense. I'm so glad you mentioned her because we just had a big, very heated, involved conversation. Mom, mom, she's going to be in Fairview. It's emotional. Yeah, it was. Uh, What about you, uh, Suzanne, for music? Um, This one really surprised me because I didn't think I listened to her that much. Um, Dua Lipa. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know her. I don't know. I, that really, really surprised me when I saw it. <laughs> You're obviously got a Julie for thing. I know. Is Paddy listening to no. Julie on your Spotify? No. I'm. I don't know if any of you do this, but if I like a song. I listened to it over. Oh, yeah. oh, that's Johnny. And that's over. why half of my bloody Spotify unwrapped was the Fontaine's yeah. DC, like Dublin City Sky. Johnny just listens to it <laughs> over, over and over, and over again. again. Until I yeah. absolutely hate it. But if I just, so I think I was only, I only know about two of her songs. <laughs> this is the problem. But I listened to them so much over and over that she made my top artist. Did, did any of you see a, a series called, called Money Heist? It's no. it's in Spanish. It's it's actually the first series is fantastic, uh, but watch it in the watch it in Spanish mm. with subtitles. It's really wonderful. But there's a song in it which is an old Italian partisan song, which I couldn't stop listening to. Oh. I couldn't stop listening. To it. So it's the one that comes up number one every time I go into Spotify. <laughs> and you play it again. I, I, it's it's just the most beautiful song, and it's actually quite emotional, even though it's in Italian. It's wonderful. The other song that I love this year, and it's a song as opposed to an album, was you know Tula McKay. Her version of N17 oh. is actually scorched into my heart and yes. my brain. It's just wonderful. I love the Soul Doctors. I remember yeah. that song first time yeah. around, and I still love it. But my goodness, she does something so different. Yeah, I think that's a really good way to get to our final part because I had never really heard of Tola where I'd heard of her a little bit. And then I remember, I'll never forget New Year's Eve, sitting up in the sitting room here 
And suddenly hearing this song in a way I'd never heard it before, but totally a song I'd always loved and going, who the heck? And we had her on the podcast yeah. in the big nights in during the year. I went to see her in Vicker Street. I can urge anybody who gets a chance to have a ticket for Tola McKay. She is a superstar yeah. and is part of that new young generation of Irish musicians that is just world class. Mm-hmm. And it's so great to see it happening. But speaking of New Year's, we're coming up to... I just thought we'd end by like talking about what we're looking forward to covering maybe more on the podcast, what's coming up ahead uh, and maybe some stuff that personally that we're looking forward to as well. So Jennifer, kick it off there. Yeah, I think um, the challenge to Roe v. Wade in the US is one we're going to keep our eyes firmly on into 2022. It's uh, it sort of feels like ever since repeal here in Ireland, there's been this frightening rollback on abortion rights in many parts of the world, the US, Poland, parts of Central America. We, it just is a good reminder that we have to remain really vigilant here when it mm. comes to our own laws and a review of the law is going to be published pretty soon and we'll have to keep a close watch on that. So I think keeping our eye firmly on the developments in abortion rights um, and them being squashed basically in other parts of the world, mm. that's what I really want yeah. to Because we were kind of going to do Villains of the Year, weren't we? So the Mm. the legislators in In Texas, Texas. would that be one of your Villains of the Year? It certainly would have been. And also, as as almost a sideline to that, and even though it's not, it just proves that Trump, the Trump era, has not gone away. Mm -hmm. It is very much still in there, and all his lieutenants are still in there. I mean, that law in Texas Mm -hmm. saying that that private citizens can inform on people who are assi- mm, yeah. who have uh, assisted Bounty with hunters, abortion. basically. Yeah. It is. Actually, I still find it incredible. Mm. I think I'm dreaming when I hear mm. about it. And I don't know. I mean, I'm quite sure the Supreme Court, stacked as it is with Trump's uh, choices, it really is scary. You're quite right, Jenny. I think we need to keep an eye on that and be prepared to fight. Um, and I would like to talk about Afghanistan a bit because mm. it's something we haven't managed to do a podcast on yet, but we have very much plans to the Taliban coming in. The fact that that country was, okay, obviously not as progressive as you'd love it to be, but it had moved on considerably. And then the Taliban coming Mm. in, I mean, girls immediately not being able to go to school or university, women who were in jobs in the government completely being sidelined. Uh, It's disgraceful and scary. And um, it's something we'll be covering on the podcast this year. Definitely women from Afghanistan who are in Ireland, women who are still in Afghanistan. And I suppose... Along with that, Saudi Arabia, Dubai, just there's so many places like we we have so much here in terms of feminism, in terms of our rights and how things have gone on. But in so many parts of the world, uh, women are completely downtrodden and are, you know, still oppressed in so many ways. And we'll be looking at those and, you know, trying to keep it more of an international view. And again, going back to what you said about lovely Ellen, who we had on the podcast, I'd love to feature more traveling women on the podcast as yeah. well. And I and think, can I just say that if I were if I were thinking of something for this next year, it would be, you know, there are. The number of travellers in Ireland is, is uh, I always think how small the numbers are. There are 25,000 travellers in this country. That's fewer than 5,000 families. Um, And I don't know why we can't get to grips with this. I thought Ellen was a fantastic, she was was a beacon in many ways. She signifies that there is diversity even within that community. For all the awful stereotyping of that community, there are many different viewpoints in it and people who don't want to speak out, who are leading perfectly normal, nice lives, but who can't speak out because they fear the stigma and all of that sort of thing. And I just feel maybe, maybe the podcast could do something next year to... um, 
to reflect that diversity within that group. Definitely. If, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a different conversation we're having now. It's a really important one anyway. I'd like to continue it on Afghanistan. And like you say, Jenny, the abortion issue as well is something we'd always be talking about. Um, before I do my little snippet of All Too Well, because I'm not getting away with this. <laughs> and Jenny, you can edit it out if you want. Still, excuse I would, me, oh I no. Would, I would never. Thank would you. Never. Thank you. I would. <laughs> Two of us anyway, have the skills. We'll what, are, what are our wishes for the year? And let's be very kind of, you know, blue sky about it. And if we could wave a magic wand, what would we like to happen for ourselves and for, um, in politically in the world, for women, I suppose? Um, I'll start. Uh, my sister is pregnant Woo! and she's had two boys um, oh, and <laughs> so okay. she's hoping for a girl so right. our wish for <laughs> but if it turns out to be a boy you are so loved yes, <laughs> yes. so uh, me and my sister come from a long line of uh, older brothers so uh, one of my wishes for next year is that she has you have a, a, new niece. a new niece yes. okay. or a happy with the boy that's fair enough <laughs> Jennifer? I, well, I suppose like to be really uh, serious about it is on a global level. I hope the hell we get to grips with this bleeding pandemic because I think there is so I many even people. talked about it much. I love no, that. Actually. I know. It's and I know. Terrible. I'm sorry to bring it in the end. It was end, the year of the I'm vaccine, two, though. It's true. We true. didn't even mention I'm it. I'm going to do two, two things. So I really hope that we get to grips with it because there's been just unimaginable sadness, such loss. There's been so many people who have lost so much this year. And are in the last nearly two years now at this stage. And because we're in this permanent state of crisis mode, those people haven't got the chance to deal with all of the, the, the baggage yeah. that goes with that. So if we could just please turn a corner in the pandemic this year yeah. and let, so those people can find some peace or begin to heal mm-hmm. in some way, that'd be great. Then on a totally personal level, on my globe, <laughs> I would hope that my two-year-old starts sleeping through the night again like he used to. And also that he would just like kindly stop picking up every single ailment that comes through his preschool oh, door. Because sorry. if those two things happened, I think I could actually take over the world. Wow. Like fully. You and Jacinda are dirty. You could be out there. I'm Brilliant. going for you, Jacinda. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's great. So, Cathy, what about you personally? Not, not getting a night's sleep, actually. No, it must be oh, really yeah. horrendous. And I do remember that. From, from, from my own you never day, forget. days. You, no, you don't forget that. <laughs> I, I, I have kind of a, a, a sort of a macro point to make, which is part of the problem, I think, with the past year, past couple of years, has been this constant drone, I suppose, of complaining and carping mm. and... and, um, and w- People throwing out one sentence put downs that sound profound and informed, but actually mean nothing because they're really opposing something rather than helping. And I have a big problem with that because all then you hear is this babble of, of this, this awful babble of complaint. And I know a lot of people who have switched off mainstream media for that reason. And I think that's a real problem with people who aren't keeping up with mainstream media. And because I'm proposing a solution to this. I would refer you to the Irish Times, I think this year, I'm pretty sure it was this year, who published a whole weekend supplement devoted to the problems of Dublin City. Mm. And there were a variety of writers involved in it. But part of the brief was, in every case, after their lengthy uh, stating their case of complaint, they had to provide solutions. And I suppose that's where I'm coming from now. I would like people maybe to comment less in a kind of a full stop sort of way and think more about the people who are going to be reading that comment or listening to that and saying, OK, here's what I think should be done. But 
having first informed themselves. I just think there's a lot of a lot of stuff being thrown around out there that actually would do your head in. Solutions all the way. Well, I think that's a great way to end it. And obviously it goes without saying that we want to also wish everybody who listens to this podcast and supports us and emails us and gets in touch over social media or whatever to thank them very much for their engagement because we wouldn't be able to do it without you. And you mentioned our 500th episode. I mean, who would have thought we'd be here 500 episodes later that we would have such amazing, especially in the pandemic as well. I feel like we've even been able to reach people to use that terrible phrase again in in a different way and that we can keep going and we'd love my hope I suppose for 2022 is that listeners get in touch tell us what's important to them tell us the things that we can cover and and the things that they want to see reflected because we're all evolving and learning we're changing all the time the podcast is very different maybe to what we started out in except with the same aspiration we're just trying to reflect the lives of women and one great episode just to finish um this this uh, review of our year one great episode for me was when we had uh Jackson Katz and Ryan Hart on the podcast talking about masculinity talking about men getting involved in helping the issue of domestic violence which has been so important during the pandemic and has has been one of the things that has been so detrimental to women during the pandemic the rise of that and I feel like I'd like on the podcast to be talking more to men in a way, which might sound counterintuitive considering it's the women's podcast. But I do feel there are so many men out there now who know that the patriarchy also doesn't serve them. And let's just keep in touch with that movement and make sure that we keep looking at it. So yeah, lots yeah. to look forward to. I just want to thank you three guys for coming to my house and for the chats. This has been wonderful. This has um, been lovely. It's been really nice. Really nice. Do you want to hear a bit of all too well? Oh, come on. Fuck we on. need to hear it now. Unbelievable. You weren't even going to ask me. <laughs> We're just like going to let it go, weren't you? Well, Suzanne, um, if it's cooked, Suzanne did it. Not yeah. Me. yeah. <laughs> okay. I walked through the door with you. The air was cold. But something about it felt like home somehow. And I left my scarf there at your sister's house. And you've still got it. In a drawer, even now mm-hmm. Oh, your sweet disposition My wide-eyed gaze Was singing in the car Getting lost upstate Autumn leaves falling down Like pieces into place And I can picture it After all these days And I know it's long gone and the magic's not here no more And I might be okay, but I'm not fine at all Cause here we are again in that little town street You almost ran the red cause you were looking over at me Wind in my hair, I was there, I remember it all too well yeah. There you go. Yay. Happy New Year. Woo. Happy Christmas. Oh, oh, oh. Well done. Well done. That's all we have time for. Thanks to all the members of the team, to Kathy Sheridan, to Jennifer Ryan and to Suzanne Brennan. And thanks again to all of you for sticking with us this year and for all our new listeners as well. And we hope we'll be able to bring you some great episodes in 2022. Now, do let us know what you thought about the conversation. Get in touch with us on social media at IT Women's Podcast or Instagram or Twitter. And we're on email, the women's podcast at irishtimes.com. And that's it for me. The podcast is produced 
by me, Roisin Ingle, by Suzanne Brennan and Jennifer Ryan with JJ Vernon on sound. Mind yourselves, have a very happy and safe new year and I will talk to you next time. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.